Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the 25th episode of One for One. Uh, a very, a very busy episode of One for One. Uh, I'm your host, Nolan, or host Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, how are you on this Sunday? I'm well, Nolan. Um, again, a changing of the guard. Uh, last week, I wasn't used to doing an episode with you in person. This week, it feels weird to do it through a screen. But alas, here we are, 25 episodes. I'm tired. Um, at work, it's been it's been very hectic. Um, so this weekend has been I've, I've been working every day. So I'm like I said, I'm tired. But uh, better to be busy than to be not. So I'm definitely not complaining. Um, was treated to an absolute delight of a Formula One race today at the Silverstone Grand Prix in England. Um, if anybody out there was an F1 fan, today was an insane race. A lot of drama, a lot of impacts on the Constructors and Drivers' Championships. I won't bore you with it, but wow. What, what a day it has been. Yeah, I, f- I, felt like I, I felt like I read about it on Twitter like multiple times, but I, I, I still have no skin in the game when it comes to, when it comes to F1 racing. I, uh, I instead watched the second season of I Think You Should Leave for like my sixth time already. What would you say is your favorite skit from season two? There's there is a correct answer. I I know that we probably won't agree on it, but I think it's the courtroom. It I is, think the courtroom is the fun. Without a doubt, the courtroom. Okay, good. That okay, I'm I'm skit. I'm very happy. Okay, I'm very happy you said that. I think that Just, might, that might be my favorite skit from seasons one and two. I think that might be my favorite overall. It is. It is. It's so funny. Chef's kiss. I think. I can't remember if it's episode because now that I've been going through it, I like because I always think about how season one, episode one is like just starts off with a bang because you have like like you have the um uh you have like the door sketch, then you have the uh has this ever happened to you, and then you have the uh, <laughs> baby of the year, like all of these amazing bits that are 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 all in that very first episode, and you're just you're hooked right from there, and. I was watching the second episode. So the, the second episode, I think, is the it's got um, the Dan Flashes skit, which is fucking amazing. I think it also has the um, uh, it also has the Dangerous Nights, the Sloppy Steaks, and Slick Back Hair, um, which that specific bit I've watched multiple times because it's on YouTube and I only watch it for one part of it. And it's when he first says that the baby thinks I'm a piece of shit. And he's like, Oh, I know I used to be a shit or I know I used to be a piece of shit. I don't give a rat's ass. And I think the way he says rat's ass is fucking amazing. It's so funny. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, I think everyone should watch. I think you should leave and uh, we should all be celebrating the, uh, comedy genius that is Tim Robinson. Um, one, I want to say one genius. more. Oh, <laughs> yeah, go on. No, go on. No, no, do it. No, do it. Do, um, it. do it. My favorite meme to come out of season two so far is it's Taylor Swift, and it's like you've got your long hair slicked back, white t-shirt, <laughs> and then the second picture is that's not slicked back hair. That's pushed back hair. <laughs> um, oh, I forgot to mention one more thing from episode two uh, is the. Um, uh, the 
the I own doubles or uh, me and your dad. I own are triples friends. of the Barracuda. I own I, I own triples of the Barracuda, of the Roadrunner, and the Nova. And your dad and I used to be best friends, and we're the same age. And that's why Bob, the ice cream machine's broken. Bob Bob Odenkirk's wings are so fucking funny. With <laughs> oh god, that, that, that I, skit's fucking weird, man. It takes an absolute <laughs> dive. Turns into his wife's gonna be okay. <laughs> Oh, I like I that's a good one. I'm definitely saving that for if I ever have kids to, if they want ice cream and be like, oh, the machine's broken. And I hope <laughs> that there's somebody in a booth beside me that knows it and goes with the bit and like gives my kid, a, makes my kid weirder than they're going to be. Oh my God. It's so fucking funny. Anyways, speaking of comedic genius, the last week in the NHL has been a fucking shit show. Um,. Insert curb your enthusiasm. Yeah, it's it's straight up in the. Yeah, it's um. So in the last twenty four hours, well, forty eight hours, we've had the expansion list released uh, for the Seattle expansion draft, which is to take place on Wednesday. Um, in addition to that, had a couple of massive moves, uh, including uh, maybe a trade that we m- m- might have to talk about, um, as well as. Did you almost uh, throw up. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you 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 try and hold everything back, but um, then there's also a couple of uh, substantial buyouts. There's actually a pretty big piece of news that I don't think we're really going to talk about too much because it's kind of been done to death. But the Pierre Maguire hiring by the Ottawa Senators, <laughs> which is just in- that that was what set off the week, and it's just been a roller coaster ever since. Uh, so Miles, P- Pierre Maguire owns triples of the Nova. <laughs> Shall we get to the biggest piece of news, which is the expansion draft list? Yeah. Sub- submit yeah. stuff. All yeah. that. Yeah. All that. All that stuff. Okay. Well, anyways. Um, so the NHL obviously announced the protection list for all 30 NHL teams because Vegas does not have to take part in this expansion draft. Those lucky bastards. Um, which they had to select uh, 14 forwards, 9 defensemen, and 3 goaltenders. This all ha- has to happen on Wednesday. Um, but there was a lot, of, um, a lot of hubbub over the last little bit, including a couple of really big trades over the last uh, 72 hours or so. Uh, the, the the biggest being the acquisition of Ryan Ellis to the Philadelphia Flyers in exchange for um, uh, Philip Myers and Nolan Patrick, who went to Nashville, and then Nashville flipped Patrick for Cody Glass from the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, I think Philly made out like freaking bandits on this. Like Ryan Ellis is a is a fucking excellent defenseman and kind of pieces together that. Uh, you know, like that that uh, top pairing for uh, him and Ivan Provorov. Um, and I mean, I hope Nolan Patrick has like 8,000 points in Vegas because I, I want him to succeed. But uh, I mean, that's people like Philip Meyer. Do, do, do you have any thoughts on this on this deal at all? Well, like we've been saying for a little while between the two of us that Nolan Patrick was a sneaky Oilers addition that we kind of wanted to see like what a change of scenery would do for him. So to see him go was kind of like bittersweet because like I do want Nolan Patrick to have a good career and anytime a player's with that much potential's career is hampered by something like an injury it's sad like I think sad is an overused word but is a good description for what Nolan Patrick's been through because like he came out of Brandon in the WHL and was a stud like we got to see him play a few times and was a very very talented offensive player um so I wish him well 
I also really liked Nashville had a really good meme. It was uh, Nolan Patrick in a, in a Predators uniform and very crudely drawn thank you in like black paint mark. Um, like, thank you, Nolan. <laughs> it, was just, it was so terrible, but I thought that was really funny. I like when teams do shit like that and it shows yeah. like that they have a little bit of, uh, of humor to them. Um, the but Hurricanes yeah, I that, are like, the Hurricanes yeah, are great for that shit. The Hurricanes are awesome. Yeah. They're a good follow. Uh, but yeah, so I hope Nolan Patrick does well. Cody Glass going to Nashville gives them another tough forward. I like that. And yeah, what you're saying about Ellis going to uh, Philadelphia, like he's a hard-nosed defenseman, but he's also got some offensive instinct to him. So I think that that's going to be really helpful for that team, not only on the power play, but just on five-on-five. Five. He'll work well with Provorov. Um, be interesting to see who goes from Philly in the draft. If if uh, Seattle, sorry, we're foreshadowing, um, takes a takes a uh, skip at Gossespierre, or if they can keep him, and if a little bit of pressure off Gossespierre on the second pairing is going to help his game uh, mature a little bit more. So interesting. That's a big trade. Have a lot of ramifications, and excited to see how it plays out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then in addition to that, the trade that I was very jealous of and I was about to get very mad at Ken Holland and then I saw the protection list today and I said, okay, maybe I'm not that mad. Uh, Jared McCann got traded from the Pittsburgh Penguins to Toronto Maple Leafs uh, in exchange for... It's weird with Pittsburgh and Toronto because they seem to love making trades with each other uh, because Philip Hollander, the prospect that went from Pittsburgh uh, to Toronto in the Kasperi Kapanen trade, by the way, Kasperi Kapanen was initially traded from Pittsburgh to Toronto, but then traded back to Pittsburgh, and Philip Hollander was a part of that deal. Well, Philip Hollander is going back to Pittsburgh uh, as a part of the trade for Jared McCann. Uh, Philip Hollander is like a, he's, I believe he's about 21 years old, uh, or 2021, 20, like, Projects is like a middle six sort of center uh, guy that's got a, you know, has a good two way game to him. But Jared McCann, by all metrics, is very, very, very underrated, very, very, very good. And I was incredibly jealous. And I don't think I'm wrong for being jealous. But with that being said, uh, spoiler alert, we're going to get to a little bit of the, uh, the, 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 the surprises of the day. Uh, but Jared McCann got exposed in the expansion draft. So I like I don't know about you but I'm I was fucking jealous of that because he has like no he has no power play time and he like as, when it comes to like points per 60 he was I think among like the top 40 in the league or something like that. So he's a guy that has a hell of a lot of talent. They just don't use him all that much and now he's a Toronto Maple Leaf. I yeah, know. I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about his game to be honest. I saw that trade um I thought it was just more interesting that the prospect was going back to Philly, or sorry, back to Pittsburgh, like more than anything, but I really didn't pay much attention to that trade, to be completely honest with you. Uh, well, lo and behold, good player. Good, good, very good blur. Um, and then in addition to that, too, uh, the last two things I was going to mention, there were a couple of like little moves made, too, like Jason Dickinson went to Vancouver, but I... I know that Jason Dickinson's like a good defensive forward, but I don't really want to talk about that too much. Um... <laughs> Uh, the one that, the the last two that I really want to talk about are interesting for their for their for their own reasons. Uh, Barkley Goudreau's rights got traded to the New York Rangers for a seventh round pick, and then Chris Johnston threw out there. You know, maybe it was Frank Saravalli. I can't remember exactly. Uh, but Barkley Goudreau is apparently commanding upwards of a six year deal from some teams. Woof. Okay. Oh. So. 
I okay. I really like Barkley Goodrill. So do I. Um, I really I, yeah. I loved Barkley Goodrill when he was on the uh, San Jose Sharks, and I think I had said to you in a few texts like, "Fuck, I want Barkley Goodrill." And then I saw what he went for to Tampa Bay, and I was like, "Whoa, I would not pay." I think he went for a first or a he second or something. First, like that. Yeah. He went for a first. That's what yeah. it was. And I was like, no, I don't like him enough for a first. Life goes on. Uh, and then the fact that he might make $6 million. No, I do not. I, six years, not six. Oh, mil. sorry. Six, six yeah, yeah. years. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. The fact that he would get six yeah. year term. What, what do you, what do you think his cap? It would be at then at six. I think it's like, like two three? and a half, three. Yeah. 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 Which is I, fucked. That's, that's and he's a, he's a fourth a, liner. That's still quite a bit of money. So yeah. I lo- I like Barkley Goodrill, but I do not like what Barkley Goodrill has done to the market. So fucking have them go for it, New York. This is going to end up making the Zach Cassian. Take it. It's yours. This is going to end up making the Zach Cassian contract look like a, a, a freaking uh, Nathan McKinnon's contract for some reason. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then the last one, which is which is just funny for its own reason. Uh, Andrew Ladd, who was uh, a part of the famous free agency class of 2016, which included such names as Elan Lucic, Louis Erickson, Kyle Ocpozo, who all got signed to six plus years. Uh, Andrew Ladd was a part of that group when he signed a seven year contract worth five and a half million dollars per year. Uh, yeah. And then basically, uh, the other or yesterday, the New York Islanders decided that they were going to be able to move him. And I know I make the I've made this joke before about players being traded for uh, in quotation stuff, uh, and that's basically what happened. Is uh, Andrew Lag got attached with a bunch of draft picks, and then he got traded for future considerations. Um, yeah, Ouch. that's uh, yeah, yikes. Uh, but nonetheless, they got the cap hit off the books. So pretty shrewd asset management by Lou Lamorello uh, because he also did get picks back from the Detroit Red Wings for Nick Letty, which I don't know. Nick Letty's all right, but I, I don't I, I think I think getting rid of the guy with one year left in his contract and he's kind of like a one dimensional offensive defenseman. I don't think that's a bad idea. Um, moving on from that. That would be basically it. Uh, now, the Seattle franchise... Well, I shouldn't say Seattle franchise. It makes it sound like the Kraken hasn't even been fucking announced. Um, the uh, the Kraken now have a seven, exclusive 72-hour signing window to negotiate with UFAs. Uh, please, for the love of God, in all, the, all that is holy and right with the world, please sign Tyson Berry. I would love you more than anything. Sign him to a six times six. He's from BC. Close enough. Uh, let's do it. Uh, let's rock and roll because then that means that uh, that's their selection from the Edmonton Oilers. So, uh, hail, hail, rock and roll. Uh, but anyways, uh, moving on from that, Miles, did you have any surprises about players that weren't protected or selected or any of that stuff? I think the first one that's going to have the first one and the biggest one that we need to talk about is Carey Price while yeah. wa- waiving his uh, no trade clause or no movement clause like to be exposed to the draft, which is like a pretty, pretty big, pretty insane move. But also at the same time, not really, because like at his salary uh, and at his age, he's a 2005 draft pick. He's 35, 34 years old. Right. Um, I think that it's pretty safe to say that he's not going to get picked by uh by the kraken but at the same time he's a bc boy he's a fantastic goaltender he played extremely well 
in the Stanley Cup run this year for Montreal, but I don't think at his cap hit and his age that that's something that Seattle is going to want to go for, but like really nice of Carey Price to do that so that they could protect Jake Allen. I don't think that they would have taken Jake Allen otherwise, but I don't know. I thought that one was just like really interesting and to come out as late as it did. Cool. Yeah, I I agree with that. I, I know that there were some talks about Carey Price maybe having some surgery or something like that, or that he might have a bit of a hip issue, which at 35 years old, I'm not surprised. But uh, yeah, it's 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 tough to it's tough to get a grasp on, you know, what was going to happen or where they were going to go. But yeah, I, I think it's a smart move by I think it's a smart move by Mark Bergevin because at the end of the day, there's uh the the there i mean there it's a it's a win-win scenario for him uh if carry price gets picked by seattle well there you go that's ten and a half million dollars off of your books that you don't have to worry about that's fucking sweet uh and if he doesn't get picked well then you still have your two starter net mining tandem like that's that's real that's really great to have uh, but actually, a, a surprise from Montreal was actually the them exposing Jonathan Drouin, which I found a little odd. Obviously, there was the stuff with him, and he had some personal issues he had to go take care of, so maybe that might have something to do with it. I'm not entirely certain, but um, that's just, like, that's a, that's a damn good player that's available for free, so, um, and... That's going, I mean, you're going to see that with a lot of these teams is there are some good, good, good players available. Um, and I think, uh, I, for, for, for me, the biggest one, I think, is actually in Carolina. Um, you know, Nino fact, Niederreiter? Ne- well, both Nino Niederreiter, and I'm surprised they're exposing Jake Bean. Like yeah. for Brady Shea, Brady Shea stinks. Like I've watched a, I've watched like Brady Shea play quite a few times, and he stinks. Like I do not like Brady Shea. Sorry, Brady Shea, please come on the pod. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, like Jake Bean's a damn good player and a, a guy that I think is pretty underrated and I think a guy that's going to be on the come up. And I think he is easily Carolina's pick. I know Nita Rooney-Ryder is the bigger name probably, but Jake Bean, I believe, is 24, 23 or 24 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, smooth skating, offensive defenseman, little bit. Or I can't, no, he isn't even undersized. He's like 6'1". So like, I think this is a guy that realistically could be selected by Seattle and this could be their Shea Theodore. Like I've, I've got, I've got big hopes for Jake Bean. I, I, I really like him. So, um, do you have any, uh, now I, the, the other question I had was, um, do you have a player that like you, you looked at all the teams and you automatically said, all right, that's the guy that no matter what, no matter what happens in this draft, that guy is going to be selected. Yes. And no, I mean, like, I was surprised by a couple other players. Like, I was really surprised that Mac Do- Max Domi got left exposed. That's not uh, a good one. I was exp- uh, surprised. Well, like, Colorado's had an interest. Col- okay, there was one thing I wanted to talk about, and it's been bugging me for a couple minutes, and I finally freaking remembered. Um, and this is going to totally break what we were talking about, but we do need, do need to discuss it. Um, have you been hearing what's been going on with Gabriel Landeskog in, in uh, Colorado? Yeah, the... Lauder so, reports that he's not happy with how things are progressing term-wise and dollar-wise and that he's, like, yeah. offended and upset and that the door's open for him to leave. Yeah, so the 
the currently, I guess, like the favorite because I was listening to this on Thirty One Thoughts is uh, no they said, ads. yeah, sorry, no free ads. Um, they were or Elliot Friedman was saying that he thinks that if Gabriel Landeskog does leave Colorado, St. Louis is a very, very, very big possibility. Um, very, still very close with Ryan O'Reilly, really seems to like the organization, but I don't know. It's tough to say, and I was going to kind of save Landeskog a little bit for, like, Oilers discussion, because obviously there was uh, some shit said by Ryan Rashog uh, that kind of set Oilers' Twitter on fire on Friday. Um, that uh, makes me really excited, and I think makes you really excited. Uh, but, the yeah, like, I, I, it could be very similar to the whole Adam Larson thing. Like, they could just be saving a roster spot that they don't have to keep for Landeskog right now, because... That was the fear with Adam Larson at Edmonton was that he was going to get signed before the expansion draft. Therefore, they would have to protect Adam Larson and then freaking expose Ethan Bear, which, uh, no thank you. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's tough. Like I, I, if I'm being completely honest with myself, I would say I think it's just a I think it's a bit of a agents just kind of work in the system a bit yeah i honestly think it's smoke and mirrors i think realistically at the end of the day he goes back to colorado but um i would like to save the uh landeskog oilers discussion for when we get a little bit further into the show and then we can kind of discuss the possibilities of what could happen for sure okay so then to get back to your uh or sorry to what we were talking about before one thing that really surprised me too was like i think nashville uh even after um trading ryan ellis still protected five defensemen and yeah left, yeah and left like ryan johansson and duchene and a number of like bigger name i mean like not necessarily producing forwards but bigger name forwards exposed i think that was just a little bit of temptation uh to get some bigger salaries off the books but still protecting five defensemen i thought was like really interesting <laughs> as a tactic <laughs> I mean, Nashville always has been the the fucking D man factory. It seems like they they're 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 always producing something, right? Yeah, no, um, no doubt. I, I, <laughs> it's so funny how far like don't get me wrong. I think Matthew Shane is a good player, but it's so funny how far he's fallen. <laughs> like, oh my god, free absolute free fall. The the it just it just takes me back to. The season in Colorado, the 16-17 season, where that was when the Oilers made the playoffs, and the Colorado Avalanche were one of the worst were one of the worst teams in modern memory. And I still remember their, um, you know how teams do like a do like a recap of certain things from the season on Twitter and all that, and so like they'll tweet saying that this player had this many points in this many games and blah blah blah. blah. So I remember one. It was like Carl Soderberg. It was like Carl Soderberg had. Uh, uh, 18 points in 82 games or something like that. <laughs> and I just, and then I get brought back to the photo of Matt Duchesne doing his like team photo. And he's just, and he's just like this the entire time. Kill me just now. Fucking, yeah. He's like, please fucking get me out of here. And <laughs> well, guess what now, Matt, you're being exposed for the Seattle Kraken. So you don't like to see that. Free falling. <laughs> Um, but my, my actual, like my for sure pick where I, like, I look at that player and I think you are absolutely being selected actually does come from Colorado. And I think it's Jonas Donskoy. I think that's the easiest pick you have to make. Yeah. I'll get, I I realized I just never answered your question for me. I think my personally, I think is, uh, Travis Dermott out of, uh, Toronto. I saw that one and I was like, I think he's gone. 
I I think they're gonna have a I think they're gonna have a pretty decent pipeline of D men, and I I'm I'm not a big Travis Dermott guy, so I'm I that might also ju- that might also just be me, um, but since we actually uh, I guess not. They could, I'm looking at the I'm looking again here. I say like Alex Kerfoot could like be a legit possibility uh, for them. There's I a think, few. I think for because Seattle's gonna be so heavily in analytics, I think they're gonna go with Jared McCann. If there isn't a yeah. side, if there's because I think there could be a side deal figured out because it it doesn't make sense for Kyle Dubas to trade for Jared McCann only to expose him. So there must be some sort of side deal. But I'm saying that if if I was Ron Francis, I think and what I think would happen because like I said, they put a ton of money into analytics and resources and stuff like that. I think it's easily Jared McCann, but. Uh, I mean, they could very well end up taking Alex Kerfoot. And Alex Kerfoot's not a not a bad player by any means. Um, since we are already talking about that, shall we get to our actual expansion draft that we did ourselves? I don't see why not. That sounds like fun. That sounds like a that sounds like a good time. Um, I went through so we both went through on the seattle expansion draft tool and cap friendly and decided that we were going to build our own rosters um in which you have to draft 30 players from 30 teams once again vegas doesn't have to do anything lucky them uh and then you have to draft 14 for at least 14 forwards uh nine defensemen and three goaltenders i just realized that i drafted 20 forwards and seven defensemen i've already fucked her up god damn it okay well i'm, I'm I'll, I'll fix that up while we're going um, so with that being said, Miles, we will, we won't go into it too much and dis- and like break down players, uh, each like f- from everything, but I can tell you, uh, we can, we, we can just go by the team that we selected from and say who we picked. Okay. For sure. Okay. So with that being said, let's start off with the Anaheim Ducks. I selected Hayden Fleury. I'll make 25 year old defenseman. What's that? I'll make it easy for you. I also selected Hayden Fleury. Hell freaking yeah, brother. I I think that that, like what we were just talking about, like no brainers. I think that that's a bit of a no brainer. Just looking at that list of guys that they have available uh, to take a 25 year old defenseman like Hayden Fleury (laughs) at 1.3 million. um, Tough not to do it. So I I think he's gone. So for, I think former, I know at the beginning, Carolina hurricane too. Yeah, I know at the beginning of the year, a lot of people were talking about Kevin Shattenkirk going there, but, like, Kevin Shattenkirk, low-key old, low-key making way too much money, low-key not that good, so why would you not go for Hayden Fleury? Also, also low-key 5'11". You want, <laughs> short, you, want those, king. you want You want those big defensemen. A short king, Nolan. We respect <laughs> him. Welcome to the tribe. Um... Moving on from the Anaheim Ducks, we move to the Arizona Coyotes. And if you select Andrew Ladd, I will slap you. I did not select Andrew Ladd. Um, I'm taking a trip down memory lane, and I selected Jordan Osterley. Oh, I thought you were going to say Tyler Pitlick. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a couple There's a couple good ones on here, though, for sure, that they could have gone with. Um, I selected Christian Fisher. Uh, young guy, young, versatile forward. I think he can kind of fit anywhere. And actually, uh, Jordan, so I'm assuming you believe that Jordan Osterley is going to be like signed by uh, signed by Seattle? Sorry, you cut out on me a little bit there. I oh, sorry. Believe I'm, do you, I believe he's going to be signed by Seattle? 
Yeah, because yeah. he's a he's a UFA. Yeah, I could see them doing it. And I'm looking yeah. at the I'm looking at the rest of their list. Um, and I have it in front of me here. And there was a couple like dubby standouts that I, I, I had a hard time not picking. Like Tyler Steenbergen used to play for the uh, Swift Current Broncos. And he was an absolute freak in the WHL. Uh, and then I'll, I'll never forget it. He went to the World Juniors and like was a goal scoring machine uh, on the Broncos. And I think, he, I think he got one point in the World Juniors and played like a 13th forward role. And he's never really done much in the NHL since then. Um, so... I, I wanted to pick him just based on the memes, but I couldn't do it. Same with Dryden Hunt. Used to play for the Pats, and then he had just an electric season in um, Moose Jaw. Scored like 130 points. Signed with uh, the Florida Panthers. Never really materialized to much, um, like in terms of like a, a mainstay in the NHL. And I, and I saw that he was with Arizona, and I was like, holy shit. Um, but I'm just looking at the rest of the players that are exposed. I don't think Antti Ranta will go. So Jordan Osterley, pick him, sign him, uh, make him like a bottom pairing d-man on your team i don't know yeah he's yeah he's not bad he's he's carving a nice little career for himself it's kind of like brad hunt too another former oiler Mm -hmm. um moving on from them we have the boston bruins in which i have them (laughs) i went through a couple of different iterations of this i was going to go nick ritchie for a while and then i also thought about uh andre cache and then i remember that he has concussion issues so uh, not ideal so i went with I cannot believe I'm saying this. Curtis Lazar. <laughs> Man, I don't I, I think that you're right in that, in the sense that I also picked Curtis Lazar. Oh my God. Um I think a lot of people are picking Curtis Lazar. Um and I don't think that that's as insane as we think it is. He had a little bit of a bounce back um time here. With yeah, Boston, he was great in so, Boston, yeah. Yeah, um, you're right. And he's young and he's like highly touted. I guess he's not that young, he's 26, but he's highly touted, like had a lot of, um, came out of the Edmonton Oil Kings organization and had a lot of uh, hype around him. So I don't know, I could see some resurgence there and I could see a guy like Ron Francis being excited about that and uh, going after him. I like your way of thinking, Miles. Moving on, we've got the Buffalo Sabres. Uh I, th- this team stinks. Yeah, so I it's just I went. <laughs> I select I selected William Borgen because he's 24 years old, right-handed defenseman, um, RFA in 2021. Probably only have to sign him to like uh, fucking 10 bucks or something like that. So you won't have to worry about much. Uh, or you could go with former All Star Zemgus Gergensons. I w- I went with another former All Star Drake Kajula. Oh, nice <laughs> blast from the past. And they're going to pick him and they're going to sign him and they're going to love him forever. And I, I highly doubt that. I think that one's a throwaway. I had a hard time not picking Dustin Tokarski, but I think <laughs> that there's a few other goaltending options for, for the Kraken, so it will not be Tokarskis. Uh, let's go see a movie again, <laughs> uh, Drake. So this one I think we're definitely going to disagree on because... I think I already know who you've selected because I think a lot of people have selected him and I did not select him. Okay, well, you go first. Who did you pick? I actually picked Oliver Shillington. Oliver Shillington? Yes. I picked Mark Giordano like I think the rest of the world did. Yeah, so I, the, on, the only reason why I'm not selecting Mark Giordano is because I think when Seattle looks at it as all right, this guy's got one year left. He makes $6.75 million. Realistically, what are we doing? Are we building something or are we 
taking on a guy so that we can maybe go on a playoff run. And I know that it's tough to say that when Vegas literally just did it, but I think most expansion teams or most smart organizations are going to say, I don't think we can be Vegas from the get-go. Um, I also have a bit of a more galaxy brain approach to this whole thing where I'm not putting as much into the D as Vegas did last time. So with a guy like Oliver Shillington, you like in the 2015, so the McDavid draft, high draft pedigree, guy that could be sort of a diamond in the rough, can't find any playing time with Calgary. I know Flames fan Kyle is probably just fucking steaming right now because he's like, he's probably like, that fucking guy sucks. Um, so I went with him. I'm going to give you a repick. I'm I'm not going to go with Mark Giordano. I'll go with Glenn Godden. Glenn. Oh, 20, 24 year old center. Um, he cracked their roster a couple times this year. Um, was another, a swift current Bronco shout out to the city of swift current speedy Creek. Uh, good for them producing good players. But yeah, I could see Glenn Godden being like, he was a world junior player as well. Uh, had a nice career. Um, and I think he's just starting to kind of make his name in the NHL. So I could see from an analytical perspective um, or from like a youth perspective that he might be their sneaky pick. It's sure as fuck not going to be Buddy Robinson. It'd be sick if if his girlfriend's name was uh, uh, Jen Jodden, like Jodden's <laughs> on my feet. It's nine o'clock here. <laughs> so... <laughs> The Carolina uh, Hurricanes are next up. Uh, like we mentioned before, they exposed Nino Niederreiter, but I am not selecting Nino Niederreiter. I am selecting Jacob Bean. Jake Bean from the Calgary Hitmen. I'm selecting Nino Niederreiter from the Portland Winterhawks organization with a fantastic new logo. I don't know if you've seen it, but they did oh, a really sick. nice They yeah. did a really nice job of changing it. It's much up. less problematic. Yeah, well, it's just, hey, it's a nice, clean, new branding and i like what they've done there good pedigree of players coming out of that organization just like nino niederreiter it's gonna be a stat it's gonna be a stat in seattle i still think it's so fucked up that he went like top five to the islanders and then they traded him for cal clutterbuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah life's kind of funny like that uh, i'll never forget nino niederreiter scoring like fucking five points the game that i went to against carolina in edmonton um it was oh no he didn't he got uh, maybe not. Maybe it wasn't him. I don't know. I drink. I drink. I forget. <laughs> couple of drinks at the arena. Couple, couple, couple of stadium beers. Chicago Blackhawks, a team that we hate. Um, a team that is the proud. The proud organization I, representing oh, I, Caleb Jones. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something way worse, but I, I was going to stop you. <laughs> I think, um, I, I think I stopped myself. Okay. Um, thank, I, thank goodness. I, I have uh, defensemen. This is another fucking grim group of. This is a motley. <laughs> this is a motley crew of exposed players, and I've chosen Calvin DeHaan. Dude, so did I. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, four and a half million dollars expires next year. Honestly, not a bad player when he's healthy. Um, no. Has some has some concussion issues. Um, just some injury issues in general, but uh, yeah, not not a bad player. Um, apparently, though, I believe it was Andy Strickland uh, about a couple hours ago. He thinks that they are going to select Nikita Zadorov, Lamau, <laughs> <laughs> Lamau, 
Is that the is that the leader of fucking the People's Republic of China? Uh, I know that he's a defenseman that I know he's a I know he he's a defenseman that wears the number sixteen, so that, that's pro- fucking problematic as it is. Um, Colorado Avalanche, Jonas Donskoy. Me as well. There you go. Hashtag. Um, also, shout out to Kyle Burrows, former Regina Regina Pats captain, being exposed. Uh, finally got his first shot in the NHL this year. Played a game with the Avalanche. Um, famously referred to himself as quote having a bit of a barrel in an interview that he did in junior i think that that's really funny and that's what he uh, always brings to my mind when i hear the name kyle burrows but i almost picked him i almost picked him as the selection and then i was like no it's gonna be Jonas donskoy there's a uh, there's like nine guys i would pick before i'd pick kyle burrows um columbus I believe we probably have the same one. The guy that was a huge surprise. Maximum Domium. <laughs> maximum Domium. Ma- max- maximum Dome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, why, that's why I picked too. Uh, yeah, okay. Good player. Uh, Dallas Stars. This is the first half of my superstar goaltending tandem with Ben Bishop going to the Seattle Kraken. See, okay, I don't, I don't, I'm not buying into the Ben Bishop uh, bullshit. I think that that's a little bit of a Carey Price situation. I think he's too old. I think he's too injured. And I think that he uh, exposed himself, fell on the sword so that they could protect 35-year-old Anton Hudobin, who I don't think they would have picked either way. Um, so I went with 35-year-old left winger Blake Como. Como. <laughs> Blake Como. <laughs> I thought you were going to go Andrew Cogliano. Andrew Cogliano, home run for Royler. Love him. Yeah, I don't know. This is another bit of a grim group. Like, I don't know who they're going to go with here, but I really don't think it's going to be Ben Bishop. I think he makes too much money um, and is a little too old. But you think that they're going to use him in a tandem? Yeah, well, I think because he works really well in a tandem, I think it's going to be with the guy that everybody firmly believes is going to be the um, first selection by the Seattle Kraken, um, which we'll get to. Uh, in a couple of picks here. But, I mean, he only makes $4.9 million a year for the next two years. I mean, I think that's a guy that, even at even at his age, is still holding up pretty damn well. So, um, then we've got, oh, this is, I, I think this might be the worst one, the fucking Detroit Red, Red Wings. Oh, um... You pick your poison here. Do you want, uh, do you want yourself a little bit of, uh... Do you want yourself a little bit of uh, Darren Helm? You want yourself a little bit of Franz Nielsen? I don't know about, about you, I, but I'm feeling a little. Uh, I initially was gonna say ter- ter- Taro Heroes because I, uh, I I really like him with like a with like a point scoring basis. He's actually not he's not too too bad. He's actually a pretty underrated player. But I'm actually going to go with Troy Stetcher. I went with Yevgeny Svechnikov, strictly off of name recognition. <laughs> um, I think that Ron Francis is going to sign him and be like, hey, your brother's pretty good. You could be pretty good too. And he's going to throw him a little bit of cash. Not a bad idea. It could be Luke Glendening. Do you want, how many face-offs do you want to win? Oh, no, I just realized who we have next. <laughs> your Edmonton Oilers! <laughs> I'd I'd love them to select William Loggison just to give <laughs> William Loggison playing time. 
but they're going to select Tyler Benson and my I'm my heart is going to be ripped out from my chest unless maybe Ken Holland can pay a couple of assets and get them to take James Neal do another like expansion draft thing again like they did last time where like James Neal did with the Predators who knows oopsie daisy dropped my water bottle um but uh yeah that's uh it's not great Bob I'm I'm assuming you probably went with the same one I actually went a little different route. I picked Dominic Cahoon. That was my other possibility because he's NHL ready. Yeah, and that's the only thing. Okay, so can we talk about Tyler Benson for two seconds? Yes. So I don't want to see Tyler Benson go. I really like Tyler Benson. I think that the Oilers may have like mismanaged him as a prospect a little bit, never really giving him an opportunity. But like... In your opinion, Nolan, what is Tyler Benson's ceiling like as a player? I think he's a useful middle six forward. Right. But he doesn't really seem to have the boots to play in the NHL. Like, I don't think that he's a good enough skater to play in the NHL. And I don't know if he necessarily fits that middle six role. I think he plays a bottom six role. And I think that there's better options out there so if Tyler Benson does go I mean I'm sad but at the same time I'm not like punching the air it's more of it's not even necessarily Tyler Benson leaving it's the fact that they that they protected Zach Cassian <laughs> like that's that's my issue is like yeah I don't know why they wouldn't have it's, left him it's exposed 3.2 3. million dollars like I'm sorry like you just I, I like Zach Cassian, and I, I've said this multiple times that I, I like what he does as a player, and when he's on, he's fucking incredible. He's a great player. But $3.2 million a, at this point is not ideal. And that would have been a great opportunity to get him off the books because I think that there's a real chance that Seattle would have taken him. So the other Galaxy Brain thought process to this is that he's actually going to be traded after the expansion draft is over and the team just didn't want to trade for him right now because they didn't want to have to protect him. Um, which could make sense. It all depends. I would welcome a Zach Cassian trade, but my uh, my only reservation with that is that I think that was squashed uh, when a certain somebody had his introductory press conference and brought up Zach Cassian's name. We'll get to that uh, in a little while. Uh, but we've discussed... The Edmonton Oilers. Let's move on to the Florida Panthers, shall we? We shall. Um, I have them. Oh, sorry. You want to go? No, you go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. So <laughs> my first overall pick uh, for the for the Seattle Kraken is Chris Dreger. 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 We'll go. We'll go. We'll go with Dreger. Um, because it, it's looking like he's going to be signing a deal worth about three and a half million dollars per year. I also picked Chris Dredger. I don't know. We're get, we're gonna say it two different ways, and hopefully it sticks. It's like a game of darts. Chris Dreger. Um, yeah, Darren Dreger. <laughs> Chris, don't call me Darren Dreger. Yeah, I think that that's pretty much a lock. I think a lot of people have that one going in there. Uh, I really and, wanted him. <laughs> me as well, and I think that uh, we'll we'll discuss our goaltending thought processes processes towards the end. But that is my pick for. The Panthers as well. Uh, the Los Angeles Kings. I, oh, I'm gonna fucking take the knife out of my chest again. Why don't I? Uh, yeah, I went with Andreas Athanasiu. I went with Austin Wagner, former Regina Pat. He's really Ooh. fast. 
That's actually a good pick. I yeah. fucking kind of jealous of that one. I think I think it's gonna be Austin Wagner personally. Okay, I'm switching. I'm going to Austin Wagner now. <laughs> you got rid of eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, that 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 was that was out of spite, Andreas. Andreas. Um, Andreas. We, oh. uh, important note: we support Greek athletes here on the One for One we, podcast. We love Greek athletes here. Um, I was, I was, I was cheering so hard for Giannis last night when Giannis had that. In by the way, did you see that play from Drew Holiday? The the steal to the alley oop to Giannis. Oh. I'm saying this jokingly, but also kind of serious. There was a basketball game last night? Question mark. Yes, there was. I dude, it, I have finals, not finals game five. I have not watched a single second. It, dude, oh, it's so good. L- l- last night was such a good game. Uh, I know I'm doing a lot, and I'm sorry, people, but I'm going through an expansion list. Fucking get off me, okay? <laughs> Minnesota Wild. I have them selecting Capo Kakinen. I also have them selecting Capo Kakinen. Surprise, surprise to me that he was left exposed, being 24 years. Maybe they just don't want to pay him. Um, but, fuck, man, he's good. And he played well this season and was a great tandem with Cameron Talbot. Although Cameron Talbot is quite a bit older, I, I would always keep the youth movement safe before exposing a young guy like Capo Kakinen. I think he's going to be a really good goalie. So um, I think Ron Francis eats him up. Yeah. Uh, okay, so my next one. On the Montreal Canadiens. So, I think I'm going to change mine again for this one. I've gone through this multiple times trying to figure out who I want. And I'm going to change it up. And it's going to be kind of surprising. I initially had Jonathan Drouin. Um, but I'm actually changing it to Brett Kulak. Okay. Because I think Brett Kulak was very underutilized in Montreal, and I think Brett Kulak is actually a pretty good defenseman. Um, Jonathan Drew in, we just don't know what's going on with him, and I think that's a bit of an issue. And I think that Montreal probably exposed him because there is. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a real possibility that he might retire um, because of just, I guess. We I don't I like I don't want to speculate too much, but there is that there is that possibility, um, and I just think everything else like it's a bunch of pending UFAs, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yeah. I mean what do I want to select Charles Houdon or fucking uh, Joseph Blandisi? I think yeah I think there I think there's too many question marks around Jonathan Drouin. I think he makes too much money for Seattle to to put it all put it all on red. Um, so I have them going with another expansion prince. I have them going with my mullet brother, John Merrill. Ooh, that's not a bad pick. And then yeah, si- another and then guy that would have to be him. signed. Yeah, yeah. but I, I could definitely see them doing that. I think that John Merrill finally finds his home in Seattle. My other pick would have been actually, ooh, no. Actually, you know what? Fuck Brett Kulak. I'm going Kale Flurry, 22 years old. So you think they're going to unite the Flurry brothers? That'd be sick. I would like well, to see that. I love seeing brothers on the blue line. Uh, okay. So, going Kale to Flurry. Flurry. I think Kale Flurry's a former Regina Pat as well. Blast from yeah. the past past. Uh, yeah, our our resident uh, our resident WHL insider, Miles Fuchs here. Hey, season ticket holder. Getting flex packs so, this year. With the Nashville Predators, as we discussed before, they basically protected five defensemen, and for some reason, they didn't protect Eric. They didn't t- protect Erica Branson, which I think is just silly. Good I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, and part of me wanted to select Matt Benning, 
I, I thought about it a little bit just as a nice little warmth to my heart. Can I, can I stop you for two seconds? Yes. Uh, long-time listener of the show, uh, my buddy Parker, um, always gives me shit when I say guys' names from their WHL teams and get it wrong. So I fact-checked myself, and yes, Kale Fleury did play with the Regina Pats for 51 games. Sayonara! Suck it, Parker, right? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm just, I'm giving him a shout out. He gave me shit with the with the Brent Ritchie or Nick Ritchie, whoever that was. I think he was a oh. Pat. And then he played in the OHL. He wasn't even fucking close. <laughs> um, so I'm just doing a little well, callback. That's what we call a callback in the biz. Well, I'm not, I'm not asking you to be Pierre Maguire, so don't, don't you worry, Miles. Triples of the Nova. <laughs> triples of the Nova. Triples of the Roadrunner. Uh, so sorry who did you pick from from smashville i can't believe i'm saying this i'm picking matthew shane i i picked uh i don't think that that's insane i think eight million dollars though maybe that is crazy it's yeah the eight million dollars is a little but it like if they're gonna take an eight million dollar player from nashville i think it's ryan johansson i think ryan johansson's a better player than matthew shane in my opinion yeah, they're they're so similar in so many ways because they both they're both one of those guys that they had that big explosion for seventy points and we all thought that they were going to be like elite number one centers and then they are basically just like middling fucking middle six forwards. I think both guys could just benefit from a change of scenery, just going to a new city and playing under a different you know playing for a different franchise. I mean, I'd love to see Matthew Shane and one of my other guys I might have on here. Um, uh, I, my, my actual pick for um, Nashville was Carl Jan Crock. Cali Yarn Crook. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, that, no, I, I remember when I said his name wrong in State yeah, of the Union, and you I remember that. raked me through the coals. Yeah, so I picked Carl Jan Crock as yeah, my pick. Thank you. I'm, 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 glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad for the additional callback as well. They should just take Brad Richardson and say, fuck it. <laughs> um, so, okay. New Jersey's an interesting one. So I selected Andreas Janssen. I, exp- okay. I, I selected Andreas Janssen. However, I battled with this for a while because one of... Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the ownership group behind Seattle and behind like the, like the people on the board with Seattle, but one of the lead people on the board with Seattle is a former Hollywood executive... Well, I shouldn't say former. Hollywood executive Jerry Bruckheimer. Oh, really? V- really? Yeah. Yeah. So isn't he, isn't he a Pirates of the Caribbean guy? He's the he's he is the producer behind Pirates of the Caribbean behind he's uh, a part of the uh, uh, F- Flames fan Kyle and I could probably talk for an hour about the Jerry Bruckheimer Don Simpson regime from the like mid 80s. Basically, Jerry Bruckheimer and Don 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 <laughs> Fuck Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson. All he did was make, or all they did was do coke and just fucking put money into movies. And there's some amazing interviews of like Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer in like the early '90s, and you can just see them constantly like rubbing their noses, and they'd be like, "When we make a picture, uh, you know, we we want we want all we want both actors to just be." magnetic forces and they feed off of each other's energy and they say cosmic gumbo yeah it's it's fucking so good it's so it i highly recommend especially there's one particular interview regarding crimson tide where you should absolutely watch that interview it's hilarious but 
one of those guys is Jerry Bruckheimer. And do you know who has a podcast that is on the New Jersey Devils? LeBron James. Um, a former Norris Trophy winner. Oh, PK penalty, Subban. Kill, penalty kill Subban. Penalty kill Subban. And you know who is one of the first guests on his podcast? Jerry B. Jerry B, baby. I could easily see a situation where Jerry B says to Ron Francis, hey, um, I'm not going inter- to interfere with any hockey operations except for this one. Um, you must get that um, P.K. Subban fellow, please and thank you. And then he says, yes, Mr. Bruckheimer. So I, I had a hard time not picking P.K. Subban um, as as my pick for New Jersey. Um, like, just at $32 at an... Okay, I hate P.K. Subban as a player. Like, I like P.K. Subban for having a personality, and I like P.K. Subban for being, like, an advocate for the NHL and, like, going to the SPs and, like, just getting the brand out there. And I think he does a really good job of that. And I ultimately think that that's why Seattle is going to take him because he's, like, going to be an attention-grabbing player for their team. Um, hockey ops wise though I think that that's a terrible decision I think that that's brutal for he's them he's fallen off so much he's fallen off so much nine million dollar cap hit um, New Jersey sitting there like a like like a cartoon hobo salivating at the mouth from a pie chilling on a windowsill they are hoping PK Subban gets selected so that they get that contract off the books and Seattle would be doing them an absolute favor if they do it. I think that they're going to take Ryan Murray and sign him to a deal, a good team-friendly deal with some term. I Yeah, I was thinking Ryan Murray, too. I had also thought Will Butcher as well, undersized mm-hmm. offensive defenseman. But I like uh, I, the, the, the thing with Andreas Janssen is uh, coaches Dave Haxtall, who used to be an assistant on Toronto. So uh, I think there's going to be a little bit of a little bit of a thing there. And he's a good top six forward. I think he just had some really bad luck this year. Um, moving on from there, we go to the New York Islanders. One more one more for the folks at home. Colby Sissons, former defenseman for your Swift Current Broncos, exposes <laughs> an option there. Uh, s- speaking, of, speaking of Colby's and Colton's and stuff like that, man, <laughs> I just thought about Colton Tubert the other day. I just kept on thinking about him. Like, man, this guy was a prize in the Dustin Penner trade. Dude. I was so excited for Colton Tubert. I remember he got traded, and I'm pretty sure he was still playing with the Pats at that point, and I went to go see him play with the Pats. Because I remember I remember going to see Martin Marinson play with the Pats when he was an mm-hmm. Oiler product. And, um, yeah, just those were the days. <laughs> I think he actually got picked before Eberly in that draft. He was oh wait yes he did yeah he did yeah he got like picked, he I was fourteenth or something like yeah that. he was a highly touted draft pick and it never worked out oh how the times have changed <laughs> Islanders speaking of times that have changed and some players that uh, were a bit surprising but now that I think about it and kind of have dissected it a bit um, a, a little surprised they opted to protect uh, Matt Martin and uh, Cal Clutterbuck but. Um, they exposed Josh Bailey and Jordan Eberle. Mm-hmm. I have selected neither. I have selected Jordan Eberle, but I am interested to see who you selected. So I have to obviously make the cap work, and right now my cap, my team's cap hit is at seventy-eight point seven million dollars. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to be. I, if I have to make any adjustments along the way, that I'm going to do that. Um, but I went with Kiefer Bellows. 
Um, Kiefer Bellows, uh, Kiefer Bellows has had has ha- had quite a bit of hype around him over the last little while. Um, there was talks that when they were in the Kyle Palmier sweepstakes and the Taylor Hall sweepstakes, that there was a possibility that he could be potentially moved in a in a deal, um, and that the Islanders didn't want to do that. Uh, big power forward, um, offensively pretty skilled, still waiting on that actual breakout. He didn't dominate the AHL when he came up to the NHL. He wasn't spectacular, but a guy that I think could be really good. Um, and I think at this point, Seattle would just be betting, you know, be betting on talent more than anything. So I like the fit of Kiefer Bellows. Um, I think taking on uh, $5 million for three more years of both Jordan Everly and Josh Bailey. And I like both players a lot. Um, but I think, I think for a guy like Ron Francis, he's not really into that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I th- I think that they're going to take Eberle just like for a little bit of veteran leadership, like guy that can score some goals, um, all that sort of, you know, wish-washy hockey bullshit. But your explanation of Kiefer Bellows, I think, is an interesting one, and I think one that could definitely work out for them. So it'll be interesting to see which way they go. I definitely don't think it's going to be Joshua Hosang. Um <laughs> Uh, could maybe it'll be Sebastian Aho? I can't believe they didn't protect him though, man. Fucking idiots, man. Uh, speaking of speaking of idiots, New York Rangers. All right, Tony Rangers. D'Angelo done. <laughs> <laughs> that okay? So that was my first pick was Tony D'Angelo, but oh. I don't think that they're actually gonna do He's it. He's getting bought out. Oh, for sure. But yeah, uh, what could have been Tony D'Angelo? My biggest fear if only is you that Tony shut D'Angelo. Your mouth. Uh, see, this is why I really hope the Adam Larson thing with Edmonton just gets done because my my big my biggest fear is that uh, is that the Oilers let Adam Larson walk and then Tony D'Angelo ends up as an Edmonton Oiler and I I couldn't live with myself if that was the case. You're buying uh, a t- you're buying an Anthony D'Angelo jersey if he ends up coming to the Oilers. You're going full sink. Oh no! I'll, I will, <laughs> I will I will be swimming, my friend. Uh, I went with Colin Blackwell. Um, bottom six forward. His underlying numbers look not too bad. Um, yeah, 725K. Not bad. I was going to go with Julian Gauthier, but apparently he's like not particularly good, despite the fact that he's young, but he's like really bad and he's like a negative asset. Mm, I, pick, so, I, went with, I went with Julian Gauthier. Yeah, I mean... You're betting on you're, you're betting on talent. He's got first round pedigree, and also fuck, I should have went. With, you know what? Actually, I'm going to change that too because you're right. Because Ron Francis, sorry. Yeah, like I think if the whole play from um, from Vegas was picking D men and flipping them and getting assets that way, I think that the play from Ron Francis is going to be young potential guys mixed yeah. with with like good veteran presences like stable veteran presences and he's going to make a a cosmic gumbo of options that way so that's why i think it's going to be julien gautier um now on to the ottawa senators which uh can i make this work uh, do i go with him uh nah i'm gonna keep it uh i've got them selecting chris tierney I also have them selecting Chris Tierney, and I think that that's probably the best move for them. Um, another option potentially could be Yevgeny Dadnov. I, I was going to say him either, too. Going yeah. that way, too, but I think it's going to end up being uh, being Chris Tierney just based on money and age. 
yeah, that, that's that's why I was going in eh, because I wanted to see if I can make the if I could make the cap hit work, and I could if I wanted to. So, um, but yes, I'm going to go with Chris Tierney. Um, very useful middle six forward or middle six center uh, guy that can win some faceoffs. Has a little bit of offensive upside, but um, nothing too dramatic. For the forwards. Or sorry, for the Flyers, Jesus. What the uh, fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I just kind of gave it away. I have them going, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this, I have them going James Van Riemsdyk. I can't believe you're saying that either, Nolan, because that's a ridiculous pick. I also have James Van Riemsdyk going. Yay! Uh, shout out to Ramus Winston here, the resident Flyers fan in, in the one-for-one world. Um, I think James Van Riemsdyk just makes sense for them. He's a guy that is... A little bit older, has some veteran presence, a couple good years left in him, plays a hard-nosed game, uh, not too much longer on a contract for him at $7 million, but I think that he'll be one that A, helps them hit that minimum cap target, <laughs> and B, gives them a little bit of leadership and, and edge and all that sort of stuff. And just, so and I, just I, skill, I, like, he's a goal oh, scorer, yeah. man. He's he just is, a good man. goal scorer. He's a guy I wish never went to Toronto. I think his time in Toronto just hurt him. I think he could have been an even better player had he stayed away from that fucking circus. It's it's funny that like it's funny that when he signed that deal, it was like five years at five years at seven million dollars per, and that thing's aged not bad. Like he's looked pretty fucking good, and he's looked like I like. I think he was a healthy scratch in the playoffs a couple times, which is not ideal. But all in all, like I don't 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 think he's too bad. Um, no. The Schittsburg Penguins. I <laughs> have them going. I, I I think we're going to disagree on this one because I I went I went full I went full fancy stats on this one. I have them going Zach Aston Reese. I think everybody has them going Zach Aston Reese. Fuck. Okay. Except for me, I picked Jason Zucker. Zucker. Yeah, Jason Zucker's good. I think twenty nine at five and a half. He's a good player. Um. I think, like, the fancies and everything like that about Zach Aston Reese, like, a lot of people have had him pegged as the pick, like, for a very long time because yeah. of those fancies. But I don't know. I think there's just something about Jason Zucker being an established guy, but still, like, on the right side of 30 where he can come in and, and be a bit of a face to that team, potentially maybe even a captain fit. That's not a bad pick. Um, I, I At least you didn't go, like, Cody Cece or, like, freaking Casey DeSmith. That would have been problematic. Oh, we miss you. But Zach Aston Reese, um, very good, very good defensively. Like, uh, just if you see some of the underlying numbers on him, he's fucking really good. Um, the San Jose Sharks. I went with Ryan Donato. I also went with Ryan Donato. This is a very tough look for this. For, this is a tough list too. Um, yeah, for for a team that was a a Stanley Cup finalist. In the past five years, this is a really, really abysmal uh, list to be looking at here. I originally wanted to pick Matt Nieto because I like the game that he plays, but I think he's on, like, LTIR. I don't think he's going to be playing very much hockey going forward, which makes me sad. But um, two playoffs ago, he was he caught my eye. He looked like he played a really nice game. I think that's back when he was with uh, Colorado. So he would have been my pick, but I think just for the injury aspect, which is sad, it's going to be Ryan Donato. For the St. Louis Blues, I was going to go Galaxy Brain and take Vince Dunn, but then I decided uh, I like my decor as it is, so I'm going to go with. Well, you know what? I'm just going to go all out and, and just and, and just do it. I'm taking Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, 
I'm gonna. My galaxy brain is Vince Dunn. That's who I have them taking. I could definitely also see them taking Mike Hoffman, um, or like a Jaden Schwartz or something like that. I don't know. I think whoever they take from St. Louis is gonna hurt St. Louis to lose. Um, I don't think it's gonna be Vladimir Tarasenko though, and the only reason I don't think it's gonna be Vladimir Tarasenko is because he wants out, and I don't see Seattle wanting that for some reason. I don't know why I'm saying that. I don't have an actual like evidence-based argument for that, but I just don't see Ron Francis taking a guy who like doesn't want to be on a team. I don't think that that's something that he's going to go for, plus the surgeries. I think he stays clear of that, and I think he hurts a team as well by making them keep Vladimir Tarasenko because now not only are they going to lose a player to the expansion draft, but they're also probably going to lose Vladimir Tarasenko in a lopsided deal. So I could see... I could see um, Ron Francis with the with the guns hitting them from both angles and just fucking kneecap. Now my other galaxy brain idea is that they take Tarasenko and then they move him for a substantial asset. There you go, right? Yeah, that's another option uh, as well. Um, so moving on from them, we've got our reigning back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning, which I have them going with Yanni Gord. I have them going with Matthew Joseph. That's incredibly surprising. Uh, why, do you I, say, why do you say that? What's wrong with Matthew Joseph? I mean, yeah, I mean Matthew Joseph is good, but I Yanni Gord is a like he was might have been Tampa's like third best player in the playoffs. Um, I love Yanni Gord. I think what he provides, I think his versatility he provides. He can he can play both center as well as the wing. He's been undersized. He's He's gr- he's great offensively. He's very creative. Just a pain in the ass to play against. Um, if four checks like a motherfucker. He can play on the penalty kill. He is kind of what you. He's kind of that that general like I want this guy in my lineup because no matter what, no matter where I put him, he's going to do great work. I think that's exactly what Matthew Joseph is as well. Just you know, uh, five years younger and quite a bit cheaper, but ultimately going to have to pay him at the end of the day. I think he's a RFA. Um, next year, next year. So yeah, yeah. I, but I don't know. That's why I think I think I think the youth movement is is the reoccurring theme on my roster, um, and that's why I went with the Joseph Road. Well, this is my freaking. Uh, this is my veteran presence that you're talking about, Miles. So, ha, gotcha. Just kidding. Um, also, Cal Foot might be an interesting one too. Uh, that's a guy with first round pedigree, big boy. Big, big, big strapping young lad, uh, the son of Adam Foot, and the brother of Nolan Foot. Yeah, fantastic, a lot of feet. Fantastic pedigree. A lot of feet around here. Uh, Toronto. Toronto. Uh, I've got them going Jared McCann. I think I gave this away. I have them going Travis Dermott. Fuck, yeah. fuck Toronto. Yeah, f- fuck. I I just want them to lose a good player. Um, Vancouver. I have them going Cole Lind because apparently Cole Lind was the guy that Vancouver fans wanted in the lineup because he's apparently pretty good offensively and he's like 22 years old. So I went with him. Yeah, I went with Madison Bowie. I don't know why. I think that's stupid. I don't think they're actually going to go with him. I just really didn't know who to pick from Vancouver. Um you can jump on my pick if you want. I don't think I don't know, man. I think Vancouver like this is a this is another sparse group here. You gotta take That's Louis, a stinky team. You gotta take Louis Erickson at six million dollars. <laughs> um, you gotta the, take uh, Sven Barchi. 
I don't know if you follow uh, Jay Fresh Hockey on Twitter, but he does this. So I so I subscribe to him on Patreon, and he does this like um, there's like this like expansion draft tool where you can put all the players in that you selected, and then you can do like their wins above replacement, so you can see like how their how like their underlying numbers look and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I created the worst possible Seattle roster, and he puts like he puts like. Uh, uh, he put Louis Erickson, Milan Lucic, Kyle Ocposo on like one line together. Oh my god! Yeah, that's gutless. Uh, all right, we're 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 almost through the expansion draft. Uh, one more th- one more thing to say about Vancouver. I just did a move where I was like, ah, oh, maybe they'll take Travis Hamonic. No, I'm sticking with Madison Bowie because he keeps me at my twenty two uh, twenty one twenty two minimum twenty contract. So I'm green in all the aspects here. So I'm gonna keep it as Madison Bowie. Okay, good. Uh, I, uh, for the, Washington that was the most, Capitals. that was the most disingenuous good. I think <laughs> I've ever heard anyone ever say. Are you fucking pissed now? <laughs> I'm uh, lightly salted. <laughs> lightly assaulted. Uh, the Washington Capitals. I have them going Nick, J- Nick Jensen. Who is Nick Jensen? Uh, apparently Washington Capitals fans don't like him because apparently he's kind of soft, but, uh, I don't know. I think he's not, not a bad player. It's mainly just to help with my salary cap constraints. And I think Justin Schultz is not nearly, is not nearly as good when he's not playing with Sidney Crosby. Um, and I like Brendan Dillon. He probably would have been my next pick if I was going to go with anybody else. Um, it would be funny if they got Ovi (laughs) just to be like Lamau. But, uh, yeah, I've got them going Nick Jensen. I went with uh, Vitek Vanacek, the goalie. Ooh. This will be explained when we talk a little bit later. Um, Loser peg. Who did you pick? Dylan DeMello. I also picked Dylan DeMello. I think it very well could be Mason Appleton, but for my decor, I went with Dylan DeMello. Yes, I so I went with Dylan DeMello, which brings us to the end of our expansion draft. Wow, what a trip. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, man. So all of my spots are green. I've got 30 drafted players, 18 forwards, 9 defensemen, 3 goaltenders, 20 out of 20 for my 21-22 contracts, and my cap hit is, take a guess. Um, 76. 78.8 million. I'm at 70.6. And Jesus I, Christ, Miles. And I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 of those players are either UFAs or RFAs. So there would be um, just strictly UFAs. I've got four. So that leaves them with $11 million in cap space to, to sign those players and, and potentially make a few more acquisitions in free agency with everybody else. So I went a little bit lower on the salary range, especially with my youth movement that I was talking about. I think youth movement is a, is a sketchy way of putting it, but uh, it's a little sus. You know, the Edmonton Oilers used to do some youth movement. <laughs> so <laughs> Leonard Patrell. So my so for those keeping track at home, I have Kapil Kakinen, Vitek Vanacek, and Chris Dredger as the goalies for the Seattle 
Kraken. And the reason that I went with that is because they're all young, 27, 25, and 24, respectively. Two of them are under contract for one more year. I think Chris Dredger gets signed to a contract like you were talking about in that three, four million dollar range somewhere in there, and is the like per, not perennial starter, but like elevated starter. And then they have those three guys that are all like NHL ready. We're part of tandems last year, showing a lot of prospect, uh, or sorry, a lot of promise, so that they can keep some of them around or move them uh, to teams because I think goal, the goalie market is going to yield some some well returns. So I went that way instead of going the veteran goaltender tandem uh, route that I think a lot of other people went. I think I, I wanted to hit that nice little combo of getting a little bit of sort of futures in there, but I wanted to kind of get guys that were in the middle of their in the middle of their prime just to, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what Ron Francis wants to do, but I, I also went pretty heavily into like analytics and stuff too. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, but I think, did you have any last thoughts on the expansion draft at all? No, just that I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be interesting to see where the chips fall. Um, I think that what Nolan and I are going to do is follow this up with a, a nice nice little graphic on the Instagram of, of green checks and red X's to see how we did in terms of picking this team. Just, you know, a little bit of accountability, a little bit of fun. <laughs> accountability. That just makes me think of my father. Every, every time my dad complains about the government, he always says, son, there's no accountability. Son. Son. Um, all right. Um, okay, so obviously it was a busy week of news, and uh, I, I I was so excited to talk about this because uh, it, it's it's the it, I think this is the best story to come out uh, like all week. Zach Parise and Ryan Suter buy. <laughs> um, a couple of us have a group chat where we like to we talk about all things hockey, music, whatever. It's a it's a fun group chat. Shout out to the, shout out to the boys of Second Dose. And uh, one of uh, steak and bacon asked, um, "How does a buyout work?" And I just sent him the meme of Ricky to uh, Mister Leahy saying, "I'll give you a hundred bucks to fuck off." <laughs> and I thought that was really funny. Um, didn't get laughs in the group chat, but I posted it on the story and put um, put uh, the Minnesota Wild logo over Ricky's face, and then uh, Zach Parisi as Leahy, and I got four story replies that said, "Ha ha ha, dude, that's funny." So I got my validation outside of the group chat. Um. Uh. Okay. No, you had plenty of laughs in the group chat, Miles. Literally, Jay J- J- J doesn't respond very often in the group chat, and he popped in and was like, holy fuck, Miles, that's hilarious. Yeah, Jay J- is one of my biggest supporters. I appreciate Jay. TYJ, we love you. Uh, okay, anyways, uh, Zach Parise and Ryan Suter. I've I- I just titled this Zach Parise and Ryan Suter, holy fuck. Uh, <laughs> uh, General Manager Bill Guerin bought out the four remaining years of the identical 13-year, $98 million contracts for both uh, Ryan Suter... Ryan Suter and Zach Parise. This allowed the Wild to protect uh, defenseman Matt Dumbo without having to abide by Suter's no-movement clause. Um, Parise was most likely going to get bought out at some point because of, um, I mean, he would, like, no matter what, I mean, declining play, he got benched a couple times. Um, just uh, the, the, the life has not been good for Zach Parise in Minnesota the last little while. But Nolan, how does the money work? Well... <laughs> <laughs> this, this is gives... this is the creme de la fuck of everything. This is fantastic. <laughs> so it gives the Wild about $10 million of wiggle room this summer. 
Nice. So, that's great. So that's so that's got to so be have, worth it, right? So they only have four point seven million dollars worth of dead money this summer. Oh, dude, that sounds them, like a no. That's a no-brainer. Yeah, that's great. And then next year they have twelve point seven million dollars in dead cap. <laughs> oh no, it can't get any worse than that, can it? <laughs> that's one Connor McDavid. That's more than one Connor McDavid. Followed by fourteen point seven million dollars in dead cap space for the following two years. Oof. That sucks. That sucks so much. Um, oh my goodness gracious. So you understand the buyout structure and, and things like that a lot more than I do. Why, as Minnesota, why would you do that? Like, I look at that dead cap space um, for this year, I guess, is good. But going forward, like, that fucking sucks. Like, that kills them. Why Like why would you do that? Are, are Suter and Prezi performing, like, so under their contract that it, it like, on a dollar-for-dollar dollar basis makes more sense to do that than to keep them? So, okay, so when it comes to Parise, I so Parise has been, like, so at the 2019 deadline, the 2019 deadline where the Oilers acquired Andreas Athanasiu, uh, there was a rumor deal to be happening between the Islanders and the Wild where Zach Parise was going to go to the Islanders and then uh, Andrew Ladd was going to go to the Wild. Uh, it never worked out because of the whole cap recapture penalty and all that stuff. And so there's one of the things that goes into it is if like, God forbid, uh, Zach Parise or Ryan Suter would have retired. Um, there is a possibility that the, uh, wild could have been on the hook for, I don't know if you're familiar with the whole cap recapture penalties and stuff. Um, but if one of them would have retired on that contract, they could have been looking at a, um, at a dead cap hit of like, like 16 or 17 million, for a couple of years or something like that. It's similar it's similar with like Shea Weber. Like if Shea Weber retires, um there's a possibility that Nashville could have a twenty million dollar cap in on their books. Mm-hmm. Just because of the cap recapture penalty. Um it's it's really dumb. But anyways, um the thing so the thing with Zach Parise is no matter what, he was probably gonna get bought out just because he's not worth the money anymore. And like I said before, um in hot water with the coaching staff and all that stuff. With Ryan Suter uh, Ryan Suter's still good, and Ryan Suter is like he's overpaid, but he's not overpaid by that much. Like he's, if if he's your third defenseman, uh, like you can win a Stanley Cup with Ryan Suter as your third defenseman. Mm-hmm. Um, still a damn good player, but I think what the the problem with that is that with you run into the same issue that you would have had with the whole if he retires early cap recapture penalty and all that and, and all that jazz, but the um. But the issue was was protecting Ryan Suter so that you sorry was protecting Matt Dumba so you have to get rid of Ryan Suter because Ryan Suter has a no move or had a no move clause so no matter what you had to protect him even though I don't think Seattle would have taken Ryan Suter because that that would be stupid um, but it frees up ten million dollars and now they have twenty six million dollars to go spend this off season but they still have to dish out contracts for Kevin Fiala and Kirill Kaprizov. Which apparently that Kaprizov contract is lo- going to be pretty fucking scary. I like Kirill Kaprizov. I think he's a dynamic player. I think he's awesome. I think he's the straw that stirs Minnesota's drink. <laughs> but uh, I mean, they're talking nine, ten million dollars on like a five-year deal for Kirill Kaprizov. <laughs> Ew, man, that's fucking scary. That's there's just a lot that goes into that. In not only because 
you're paying a guy $10 million after one year in the NHL, but also five-year extension, so you line him up until he's about 28, and you no, send he, him off. No, because he's already like 37, so... Or he's tw- uh, He was 2015 draft, and I think he was 19 Connor when Mc- he was drafted, so... yeah. Yeah, he's about 25, I think. So, realistically, you're bringing him till he's about 30. So, I guess the length of the contract is probably ideal for the team. But, I mean, like I said, $10 million after one year in the NHL is fucking little scary. on the scary side. Do you think that they're able to still be in the Jack Eichel sweepstakes and still and still be competitive going forward? I, I, I think so. I think they can do it because I, I don't think Bill Guerin, because Bill Guerin's one of the smarter general managers in the sport. Um, so I do think that he has a plan and he probably, his plan is probably to like, I wouldn't be surprised if they're thinking about some like Nikita Kucherov stuff where they can maybe put a couple of guys on like long-term injured reserve, or they have a lot of faith in a lot of their, um, in a lot of their up and coming prospects. You hope so, right? Because um, realist, like realistically, you have to try and make this thing work for the next four years. Um, but I mean, it's it's tough to say. Like I said, uh, they have to sign Kirill Kaprizov and Kevin Fiala. They got Yol Eriksson Ekre signed to an eight-year, forty-two million dollar deal, which is fucking insane. Such a good deal. Such a such a such a good deal. Uh, a guy that's on his way up is just going to get better offensively while being sulky level defensively. Um, they've pretty much got have their new Miko Koivu. But with that being said, I think that I think they're still the front runners to me for the Jack Eichel sweepstakes. I don't know what goes back the other way, but for some reason, I just think he ends up in Minnesota. I just don't think Dolan can fucking. I don't think Dolan can uh, can handle himself. I think I, I think Dolan wants wants Jack Eichel that bad. I don't know. Maybe if it, we'll see. Well, I, for some, I just I have the I have the shining, <laughs> like the you have like you're you're gonna uh, stick an axe through a door and put your head down and say, "Here's Johnny." Yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what reference gonna, I'm making? Except it's gonna be here, here. I know what you're talking about. Yes. Um, familiar with the works of Stephen. King. Okay. Thank goodness. Um. But yeah, I, I just think he ends up in. I just think he ends up in Minnesota. I think that that's part of how they keep Caprice off or how they get Caprice off the sign. Is like we're getting you a sweet toy. Stick around, please. And thank you. Speaking uh, of speaking of sticking around, man, oh. there's a, a five and a half million dollar stick around that just joined the Edmonton Oilers, and we have our first. That was the oh did you. What happened? It didn't crack. Yeah, it did. Oh, it must have cut out sound wise. Oh, um, that's unfortunate. Well, it it didn't show up on my it show it showed up on my on my recording. So it it'll it you you just won't hear it in the zoom, but it'll show up on my recording. That's somehow keeping up right now. Very good stuff. Knock on wood. So it happened. It is official. Uh, Duncan Keith, welcome to Edmonton. We are fired up to have you, brother. Looking forward to seeing your silky, silky lettuce hanging out of a bucket. You're going to make number two look terrific. Can't wait to see it. We're lucky we didn't record this uh, on Monday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. So, like, I, I had a number of people when the move happened text 
me and ask like what what are your thoughts on it? or like how do you feel and not like oh I'm listening how fucking sick I am but like people that listen to the show were interested to see what Nolan and I had to say about it so we both typed out a a, a little paragraph on notes and we posted it on our story and, and that way we kind of answered the question for people that were maybe curious um and both of them were pretty gloomy both of them were pretty depressy spaghetti and I think that I've come around quite a bit in the com- in the past few days as to everything that went on with the Duncan Keith deal. And I think I've come to terms with it a little bit more. I think I'm actually okay with it um, for a number of reasons. Now, first and foremost, I'm okay with it because there was an article that I read posted by the Edmonton Journal. I can't remember which, uh, which individual it was. I hope it wasn't Kurt Levin's. I don't think it was Kurt Levin's, but essentially what the, what the author did, what the writer did, was compile like notes from various insiders and beat reporters and media personalities in Chicago to what they were saying about Duncan Keith before trade talks or trade um, like potential ever occurred so that there was like as little bias in it as there could be. And overall, it was pretty good, like pretty, pretty happy with people that were around the Blackhawks organization for what Duncan Keith brings to the team. And obviously like there's a decline and obviously he's 38 years old and that's not fantastic. But a lot of people were saying like in a lower, like if he's not your top pairing defenseman, he's great to have on your team. And we just talked about what like a Ryan Suter type player can do. Like you can win a Stanley cup and the dollar is what scares a lot of people. I think five and a half is still quite a bit of money and the no trade clause coming to the Oilers pre-expansion draft sucked. Like, that was brutal. (laughs) But I think that the fact that the guys in the room are excited about him coming in, his pedigree, what people around him are saying about the type of player he is and the drive that he has and the level of physical fitness that he has and the fact that he's going to be close to his kid. Did you know, Nolan, that last year he was only able to see his... He's only been able to see his son once in the past 18 months? Yeah, I I saw the... Yeah, I saw the thing. I think that that was the big thing for him to come north of the border is that so at least he could be on the right side of the border should anything happen uh, pandemic wise again. So I think that you're getting a really fit guy who is a winner, who is highly motivated, who's going to be playing in the minutes range that I think he should be playing in, um, who's going to teach a lot of the young guys how to play the game and teach them a lot of tricks and tools of the trade. I think he's going to be huge for Bouchard. I'm okay with it. I am not as upset as I was Monday. Okay. So I'll try and keep this short um, because we're kind of running out of time here. And also because I kind of touched upon a lot of the stuff, but so, okay. I don't, I, I'm, I'm much, I'm happier about the move afterwards and after a little bit more of the information's come up because, um, because with like, uh, with like guys like Kurt Levins and even you know other NHL insiders, I think even Elliot Friedman talked about this too. But um, a lot of guys with the experience of Duncan Keith do not come to Canada very often, and luckily this was a situation where Duncan Keith wanted to come to Edmonton. Um, I understand the motivations behind it, and I'm sympathetic towards that. I'm a little bit concerned that if that is his main motivation to wanting to come to Edmonton, it would have been much nicer to hear something along the lines of like, I want to come to this team because I believe that they can win another Stanley Cup and I want to win a fourth Stanley Cup before my career is over. That would have been kind of cool to hear. Um, mm-hmm. I know that I'm just kind of, I'm kind of being facetious around that, but nonetheless. Um, so with that being said, I think Duncan Keith is going to be, I think he's going to be very important for this team. Um, 
I think he's going to be really, really instrumental in developing Evan Bouchard. I think he's going to be instrumental in developing a guy like Philip Broberg. I even think he's going to be instrumental in developing Darnell Nurse, who I know Darnell Nurse is 26 years old, but he's still a young defenseman. He's still coming into his own. There's there's still things that, that Darnell Nurse can work on, and maybe he does become that Norris Trophy winner. And yes, you don't find guys with Duncan Keith's resume every day. Three-time Stanley Cup champion, two-time Norris Trophy winner, uh, Conn Smythe winner, unanimous, um, two-time Olympic gold medalist. Like the guy's won everything. He he has won absolutely everything, and he's a career like twenty-five minute a game guy. Um, with that being said, I think Ken Holland got hosed. For I sure. think he, the reason the reason being is because my issue is not the player; it's not even the pieces. I could give a shit if Ken Holland moved fucking Caleb Jones and a third round pick for for uh, you know for Duncan Keith at two point seven five million dollars. I'm happy with that. I I think you and I talked about it, but like I don't hate the idea of Duncan Keith on the Oilers. And I think now that I've had some time to sit on it, I'm really excited because I do think there is that possibility that Duncan Keith can come back and he can be awesome. Like because we all know what's going to happen, right? Because this shit happens every time. Is a, a a trade that is pretty well universally panned by multiple people ends up coming back, and in the first month of the season, that player has like eight points in 10 games, and we're all having that discussion about how Duncan Keith is, has returned to form and shit, right? Um, I think this is Ken Holland's like Hockey Canada guy that he really wanted, and yes, he is going to be important because I think he's going to be able to, like, there is value in having a guy that's won a cup as a superstar talking to his superstars on his new team and being able to help with that. Like, it's it's going to go a long way. Um but at five and a half million dollars, man, I cannot get on board with that. That's that's where I'm in a in a, this is the most important offseason in Oilers history. In it probably sorry, I shouldn't say Oilers history, but like in probably 25, 30 years, you have to keep that cap space open. Now, with that being said, I can't judge the offseason yet because there could other there could be more shit we for all we know, right? Like Chicago could end up being like Chicago could end up making a move post expansion and being like, okay, here's uh you know, here's a here's a prospect that we are gonna give you or something along those lines. Who fucking knows, right? And you never know what Ken Holland has planned. But this deal on its own is a tough ask. And it's tough for us as fans to look at this and say, hey, this is a positive use of assets because at five and a half million dollars and where they were, like Ken Holland held all the cards. Duncan Keith wanted to come to one place and it was fucking Edmonton. He didn't want to go anywhere else. And that was my issue is like, it's all about, it's all about having Stan Bowman by the balls. And yet you gave your balls to Stan Bowman. So whatever. Um, but I, I I like Duncan Keith. I'm excited for him to be an Oiler. Like I said, I think he's going to be good. But the only way this looks like a good trade is if the Oilers win a cup. They have to, they, like, it, that, that's the way that you make this look like a win for Edmonton, like a, a winning trade for Edmonton. Um, another little underrated thing, too, is because it's a, it's a conditional third-round pick and the conditions are that if, he pl- if they go to the fourth round and he plays top four minutes, then they get a second-round pick, which I'd love for that to happen. But the problem is you just tied up two assets. You tied up both the third and the second because you can't trade either one of those at the deadline. So what if a what if a useful like utility player is available at the deadline and you could get them for a second or third round pick? Well, now you don't have that pick. So 
that's another area where I'm coming from. But like I said, I don't want to judge it too harshly until the offseason is over. We have a lot of time. But on the flip side of the coin, too, though, I wanted to mention... Ken Holland's reaction to Daniel Nugent Bowman, because like Daniel Nugent Bowman asked him a very reasonable question that none of the Oilers media has the balls to ask, which was like, do you think you may have overpaid for Duncan Keith? And he and then and then Ken Holland had the had the had the gall to be like, oh, you know, you guys you guys want me to get players and then and then but then I but then I paid too much. Oh, well, Daniel Nugent Bowman wants me to get him for free. It's like, dude, don't fucking call it a media member because he's asking the question that everybody else asked. I don't like that. I think that's fucking very wrong. And also, quit quit bringing up your Detroit so, days because acquiring Chris Chelios is not the same shit. So I'll disagree with you slightly on that. I like the fact that Ken Holland isn't taking shit because, like, I think that that is a very reasonable response. Like, did you maybe overpay? Like, fucking yeah, you overpaid. He knows that. And everybody knows that. But if you're like, what we're saying is the goal here is to win a Stanley Cup, and this is a potential Stanley Cup like winning move. You're gonna pay a little bit for it, like exactly. I think he hit the nail on the head. Like, what the fuck did you want me to give up for him? Nothing. Like, I don't know. It it is what it is. And I like the fact that Ken Holland isn't sitting up there like a bitch, rubbing his face, like, yeah, I did, or like something like that, right? I like the fact that Ken Holland is like, shut up, trust me, let me do my thing. I'm the GM of this team. You're not. Like, there's a reason why I'm on this side of the podium and you're on the other side. I just, I just um, think you could have just I, been le- less of an asshole about it. That's that's where that's all where I'm coming from. Is yeah, like, but you if, you're just getting, been if like, you're getting if you're getting grilled for however many minutes about he, a move that you made, eventually you're gonna snap. He wasn't getting grilled. All he like th- nobody asked him the question. Everybody else fucking avoided asking the question because they're all too scared of the Oilers media. So Daniel knew. And Bowman just popped his head in and was like, "Did you maybe overpay a little bit for him?" Like, whoop de doo, Ken. Like, relax. You've been a GM for thirty years. Fucking get over it. I like I like the emotion. I think it shows investment to me. Emotional investment in the team isn't a bad thing, especially a guy of, of Ken's age, where he's out there fucking fighting. I like it. Uh, I just hope he made the right bet. That's all. Um. Okay. So we're pretty well got that. Uh, the last thing I was going to mention is the, because I, I teased it up from the beginning of the show, we're going to do more of a, like a free agency thing um, next week or next week. And then that way we've got, we've pre- we're prepared. And then after free agency is over, then we can fucking chill for a bit. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog, apparently, well, Ryan Rashog teased on Friday. He's like, I wonder if Gabriel Landeskog would be of interest to the Oilers. And, the only reason why I say that I'm excited about that is because he said that exact same shit about Tyson Berry last year. So, I like hearing that. If we're going to overpay for players, please don't overpay for Zach Hyman. Overpay for a guy like Gabriel Aniscog. I would like to overpay for elite talent. Um, other than that, shout out Pekka Rene who retired after 13 years. <laughs> I know that that was a terrible transition. Uh, but yeah, shout out Pekka Rene, uh, who retired after 13 years in the NHL. Um, man, one of the one of the best goalies of his era. Who I like I was looking at Pekka Rene's numbers the other day and um, man, he's so good. I love I love I loved him. Yeah, Pekka Rene was a great goalie, a, a goal scorer of his generation. Um, sad to see him go. Um, Can I, think I he retired? I think he retired a little bit young, in my opinion, but yeah. I'm glad that he didn't like ride it out and hurt the team that he played for, potentially, and shout out UC Saros. I'm looking forward to seeing him on a more consistent basis. I think he's a really good goaltender. Um, the last little we'll thing I wanted to say, uh, Miles, 
is okay. I'm just gonna read you just a couple stats, and you tell me which player you which player you like better, okay, or who you think's the better player, okay? Okay. And then we're just about, and then we'll close off. Okay. So so these are career stats, okay? So player A or player B. Pl- player A has played 707 games, 360 wins, 257 losses, has a career GAA of 2.50, and a career save percentage of 0.917, okay? Mm-hmm. Player B has played 683 NHL games, 369 losses, 213, or sorry, 369 wins, 213 losses, with a 2.43 GAA and a 0.917 save percentage. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'd probably say player A. Oh, fuck. I was hoping you would have said player B. Because uh, that's how close they were, and actually career GAA, Pecorine is better than Carey Price. Interesting, hey? That's just how good Pecorine was. Pecorine, he played. He played on a. He played, um, Nashville was competitive for a lot of time there. Yeah. So I. It's not surprising. His, his number. His numbers being high yeah. makes sense. Um. Anyways, everybody. Um. Yeah. Expansion draft two or expansion draft Wednesday. Entry draft the twenty third. Um. Excited for both. I think uh, we have another very 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 busy week ahead of us, but. That should be it. Miles, did you want to did you have any closing thoughts or did you want to close it all off? Thanks for tuning into the 25th episode of One for One. It's been a hell of a ride. We'll see how this week goes. Big week of hockey. Uh, welcome to Edmonton Duncan Keith and as always, go Oilers go. Go Oilers go. Yeah.